first, let me just say I'm so grateful for the leadership of this conference. I, I don't say that at every place I go to. Not that I don't, I'm not grateful for them, but I, I, I just, I, you know, we had dinner last night, and they just, they just seemed like men who really loved Jesus and didn't want this just to be a conference where we come, hear speakers, feel guilty, go home, you know, but... They just said, whatever the Spirit's leading you to do, whatever the Holy Spirit, God himself, is leading you to say, just, just do it. And gosh, that, that type of freedom in this morning, I want you to know that I, I was on my knees praying for you specifically, praying Ephesians 3, um, that, 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 that God would, 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 according to the riches of his, you know, his, according to the riches of his glory, that he would grant you this, this strength, this power from the Holy Spirit um, where, where, where you're strengthened in the inner man. And it's not just an external, but that something inside would happen. And I, I was on my knees just saying, God, what, what, do you, what do you want me to say? What do you want me to say to them? Is it different from what I had planned? God, just, just open my eyes right now to what's supposed to be said this morning. And, and I believe the Lord just gave me this flood of of thoughts and things to say, uh, but my tendency is just to jump in and, and okay, I got, I got 40 minutes, I gotta cram everything in there, rather than what scripture tells us to do, which is to guard your steps as you come to the house of God and, and not just have all this, these words come out of your mouth, but just to kinda stand in awe of him, to actually acknowledge his presence here with us, and so, Gosh, if we could just, like Colossians 3 says, just seek the things above, not anything we can see right now, but if we could just kind of maybe even close our eyes right now and just tune out anything we can see. Let's think about our God in heaven, sitting on his throne, he's giving us life right now. We're only breathing because he's, he's wanting us to and giving us breath. the lightning, the thunder, the fire around his throne. A hundred million angels worshiping at his throne. Christ seated at his right hand, our Savior, our love. You are so amazing, Father. God, the love that you have for us. Yeah. 
Help us to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge. Help us to empty ourselves before you, Father. God, we were so wicked, so evil, so rebellious. And you, because of your great mercy, your great love, you pursued us. And now you call us your children. God, we just want to breathe and rest in that. Forgive us for taking ourselves too seriously. The stress and anxiety. It's all lack of faith in your sovereignty, in your power, your plan from eternity past. This morning, help us to rest. Help us to forget that we are shepherds right now and help us to see ourselves as sheep And you are the good shepherd. We want you to lead us these next couple of days. We're just sheep right now, Father. We're not brilliant leaders or pastors, preachers. We're just sheep right now, so grateful to have you as our shepherd your rod, your staff comforting us. We rest in you, I rest in you. We ask you to lead us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I want you to think in your mind right now, um, as you think of Christian leaders, um, maybe the three Christian leaders you admire the most. Someone to ask you, just write them down, maybe even in order. Who would those three be? And then, then as you've got those three leaders in your head, or maybe you've actually written them down, or maybe there's four or five, I want you to think, what's, what's the first thing you think of as you think of each of those leaders? What, what, I mean, what is it that you admire about them? A few days ago, I was in India with, with kind of the guy that I consider my mentor. Um, I love this man. Uh, I, blown away by what he's done. Started a ministry out there years ago and now has three million disciples. 
um, like 25,000 churches, and he's planting about 17 churches a day. Um, and I was out there just, just, just feeling stupid, you know, cause I'm leading their, their senior, they asked me to come speak. They had 500 of their senior leaders. So each of these guys has anything from a hundred to 800 churches under them. Many of them have been to prison for the gospel. Many of them, almost all of them have been beat up, have scars on their bodies. And so imagine as an American, me going over and speaking to this crowd going, are you kidding me? I have nothing to say. I don't even know what, you know, but as, as, as I'm talking to these guys in the depth, and, and then they have this, this group of women there called the, the Sisters of Compassion. And I was just watching video footage of these women who, hundreds of them that, that I mean, if you've been to India, you know, it's just, it's just an awful, awful place. Like the poverty, the, the, the slums. But then there's even things that go beyond the slums, which are their leper colonies that are all over. And these islands where these, these women are cast off and and these, these women of uh, Sisters of Compassion go and, and just seeing footage of them around all these lepers and, and, and just this is what they do all day long. And so you feel about this big, you know, coming into the presence of these people. And, and, and so I'm just, I'm just there. I, I, I tell them, I don't want to talk here. You know, I want to learn. I, I want to be like you. I, I want my, my daughters. I, 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 wish, I wish this was the goal of their lives, to become one of these women, you know? And, and for us as pastors, that this would be our role model. These would be our goals. And uh, these would be our heroes that no one will ever know about. But... Um, I, I, I was just so fascinated by the structure of everything. I remember asking him one time, I go, okay, I don't get it. How can you keep track of all of this? Okay, I wanna know, okay, your, your senior leaders, you know, the hundreds of them and on down the line, like what did you do to keep them focused? What do you do to keep this going? And he says, wow, that's so American of you. <laughs> You just want to know the plan, the strategy, the structure. And he says, I'll tell you this. He goes, my leaders, they know Jesus so deeply. These are the most humble men I've ever met. And they know Jesus. They know him. They know him so, so, so deeply. As far as strategy and their gifts and everything else, I can't tell you about that, but I do know that they know God. As I was praying for you this morning, that was the phrase that, that kept coming back to my mind was being known for knowing God. I don't think I've ever preached about it. But I want you to think about that list of leaders that you admire. Was the top of the list that you go, okay, this guy, because man, I know he just walks with God. It's, it's just like he's so connected with him all day long. It's because that's what I see in scripture, all through scripture. It's, it's about these people that just knew him. Everything they did succeeded because they were so connected with God. You don't hear about brilliant theologians. You don't hear about brilliant leaders. You just go, wow, 
That, that person actually came in. The, I mean, why, what made Moses so great? He spoke to God face to face like a friend. It wasn't this brilliant strategy of let me take you to the desert. Let me get to the edge of Red Sea. And we know, watch what I'll do now. No, it's about knowing him. It's about people that deeply knew him. And we wonder why the churches are in decline. And I'm going, man, how many leaders are known for really knowing God? I mean, think about it. If you're an unbeliever and you're just searching for something and you you walk into a church gathering, what do you want to see up front? You want to see a brilliant leader? You want to see an awesome program? Is that really what people are after nowadays? No, you want to walk in and go, man, that guy has a connection with God. When he prays to him, it's like there's power in in the way God answers him. I, I don't have that connection with God like that guy up front does. Man, and then don't you want to walk into a crowd of people where they, they, they really know God? It's like he's in their midst and, and all day long they're focused on him and it, it's like they don't just walk around like normal people. My prayer for you was that your goal was not, okay, I want this giant church. I want to be like this guy who's just like this amazing speaker. I want to be like this guy who's just, he has the answer to everything. You know, it's just, but to go, Lord, I just want to be known for knowing you. Where people look at me and go, wow, that's impossible. It's just, he, just, uh, he or she just abides in Christ. And it's like this fruit that just happens because he knows him. Because someone asked me the other day, what is it about this guy in India? And I'm like, man, you know, it's not like he's a brilliant leader from what I can tell. It's, I mean, he's smart, but it's not like he's a genius. And he's a sinner. I mean, he's just confessing his sin all day long and telling me, oh, I blew this today. I blew this today. I blew this today. I blew this today. I was coming before God and telling him, I'm so sorry. I just said, God, have mercy on me. And I just realized, you know, it's, it's nothing to do with all of that. He just knows God. He just spends time in the presence of God. In fact, there was another pastor uh, leader in India, and he, he told me once, he goes, you know, I've studied movements of God. And he says, there's a, there's a common thread here with movements of God. Movements start with when the founder really knows God. I mean, where that founder is just so intimate with God, and, and that's what he's known for. It, 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 he goes, but movements die when the people only know the founder. And they, you know, they just talk about the founder all the time. And, oh yeah, I'm one of his, I'm one of his, I'm one of his, and they don't actually know God. And it just kind of dies out. I mean, I, I don't know, I don't know what you came here for, but my prayer is that, I, I mean, what if this was it? What if this was the start? Maybe it really was the Lord leading me this morning to say maybe this group here, 
that we wouldn't get caught up in all of these other things, but the, the, the longing of our heart of this next generation of church pastors, leaders, and planters is to be known as men and women who know him deeply, you know, filled with the fullness of God, because we have so gotten away from that. It was crazy. You know, last night at dinner, I was just thanking the leaders, going, wow, this was weird. It felt so Christian. Um, and it's sad to me that I thought that, like, wow, I'm not used to this. Are you saying pray? Are you saying, like, I could stop at any time and pray? You know, like, we, it, it's just, how has this type of language and thinking become foreign to us when it's everything we read about? Name some great leaders in here that were known for their strategy or the way that they preached and the way they could tell a story. Psalm 27, 4, he says, you know, the... One thing I ask, and that will I seek. That I, I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, and just to gaze upon his beauty. If I could have a transcript of your prayers over the last month, okay, everything you prayed was typed out and I read it. First of all, how long would that transcript be? And then what's the one thing I would see you asking for over and over again? What I see in your prayers, like, God, I just want to know you. I just want to know you. I just want to be in your presence right now. This is all I want every day is just no way. Are you kidding me? I'm in the throne room of God. I'm in the throne room of God. Here's God the Father and all of his angels. There's Jesus, you know, at the right hand, you know, the lamb who was slain. And here I am. Oh, my gosh. I, I, I just don't need anything else. I don't want anything else. This is so good to be with you, God remind me every day that this is all I really need. Remind me all throughout the day, this is all I really need. Is that what I would see in your prayers? Just constantly adoration, like, God, this is so good. This is so good. This is so good. What I see in your prayers, God, I'm rejoicing. It is so good to be your child. It is so good to know you. Rejoicing in the Lord always. Always. Is that what I would see in your prayers? God, this is so good. I can't believe I know you. I can't believe my name is written in heaven. I don't rejoice that the demons submit to me. I rejoice that my name is in heaven. Over and over and over again, I'm rejoicing, rejoicing, rejoicing. I can't believe I'm in your presence. Is that what I would read? So we just get caught up in other things. When I, was, when I was teaching in India, I was literally up front talking, speaking, and just thinking to myself, I am such a hypocrite. You ever do that? You ever like say something and go, I just preach that, but that is so not me. <laughs> you ever do that? Like It's just like, oh, 
I feel sick. I just said that. That came out of my mouth. And I'm saying it like, that's me, you know, and you guys got to get with the program. And yet, yet I just knew it's like, oh, and I remember just going back to my room and then in the middle of the night, even having like almost a little bit of a panic of like, God, I don't know you like these men know you. I don't know you like these women know you. And and I, I actually got to the point where I'm going, God, I don't want you to return tonight. I don't want you to return tonight. I'm just being totally vulnerable with you. Like, like I, I mean, it, it was because I gave this talk on persecution and, and afterwards, you know, the leader comes up and he says, you know, brother so-and-so, come on up here. Brother so-and-so is coming. And he just starts naming these guys. He goes, this man was in prison for 10 years for preaching the gospel. His daughter was one when he went in. This man was, you know, in prison for three years or five years. In fact, everyone who's been in prison for the gospel, come forward, you know? And I'm just standing in their midst and I'm just going, gosh, Lord, I don't want you to return right now. You know, I'm just... I, I, am I saved by the blood of Jesus? Yes, I am. Is it by grace through faith? Yes. But it's just one of those awful feelings where I look at how much these people sacrifice for the kingdom and, and the crowns they're going to lay before the Lord. And, and it just, you know, you ever been to a party where it just seems like everyone brought this insane gift and you ran to the dollar store and got a yo-yo, you know, that's just... It's like, okay, God, let me go back and shop some more. You know, let me go back. And these guys mortgaged their houses to bring you a gift. They, 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 they sold their cars. They're living in shacks, you know, to bring you this gift. And what did I, anyways, that, that night. And it's not about all this stuff you do. I'm just telling you, it, it feels, it was that, probably the most embarrassed I felt, I think. Because there's something about being around, like, godliness, you know? It's true, like when Isaiah saw God, it's just like, oh. But it's true, when we meet those godly, godly people, we get that same sense too, you know? It's, it's nice being around others who are like you, or maybe you could think you're maybe a cut above them, you know, but then when you meet the people that you go, wow, you really know Jesus. You were really in his presence this morning. You just seem to walk with him all day long. There's a presence about you, sisters. You're walking through the leper colonies. And when I see that video, I'm like, that looks like Jesus. You look like Jesus, you know? Somehow, it's just like you just scream Jesus from your life. And I want that. I want that for my kids. I want that for my people. And I just kind of, like I said, woke up in this panic. Like, God, I want to know you deeply, deeply, deeply. I keep seeing myself wander from this and I try to come back and I get distracted again. But God, I want to know you. I want to know you. This is all that matters. If you were to return, all that matters is that I'm, I'm intimate with you. I'm tight with you. And, and I can remember days when I was closer to you and I don't like that. I want this new season to be you and me and we're, we're just so, so in touch with one another. And um, I just made a decision right then. I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm done. I'm done trying to be all these different things. The most important thing is that I love him with all of my heart, all my soul, all of my mind. And uh, 
just realizing I don't love anyone with all of my heart, all my soul, all my mind. I'm always like distracted. You know when you're talking to someone and they're on their phone the whole time? Is that like the most annoying thing where you feel like you're giving me about 10% right now, right? And we'll put up with maybe 50% and we're used to probably about 60 or 70%. But you, you never get 100% anymore because even if the phone's in the pocket, it's vibrating and they're thinking, okay, it's probably so-and-so, uh-huh, uh-huh. You know, and we all do it. And we do that with the Lord. Where our minds are scattered on so many things. When's the last time? 100% undivided attention, devotion. It's the last time you had a prayer time where you just go, man, there's nothing else on my mind except, are you kidding me? I'm in your presence. God. Like, I'm not even thinking about the wife, the kids, no one else. Like, it's just you and me, 100%. I'm loving you with all my heart, all my soul, all my mind right now. And that is the most important thing in my life. And so I just said, you know what, Lord, I'm going to fast. I'm going to fast from my phone. I'm going to fast from my computer. I'm going to go a month, you know, without my phone, without my computer. It's only been like a week, and I'm telling you, I feel like a different guy. I can't tell you what it feels like. Like all these emotions of back, that I, that, these affections I had before all the electronic, like just stimulation and always believing there's a line. You, you guys, some of you guys know as pastors, sometimes on Sunday morning, you've got a line of people that want to talk to you. And so the guy in the front, you're trying to give him or her as much attention, but you're thinking there's eight people waiting. Oh, oh sorry, he died. Okay, you know, let, like you. You just right it's just you go and I'm telling you, you can't stay focused when you see that line and it's the same thing it's just knowing there's a line in my pocket you know there's a line on my computer of people waiting for answers and I can't focus on you and the worst thing is your own relationship with God and I'm just going God I, I'm not going to end it like this Everything else can go. Okay, everyone else can wait. They can wait a month. They can wait a year for all I care. And it was interesting because my, he gave me this book um, to read on the plane home just about the desert fathers and desert mothers who, who would just go out in the desert for decades just to escape everything and be alone with God and just go, I don't want anything. I don't want to be tied to anything in the world. I just want to escape and be with you. And we can real quickly go, well, that's weird. You know, how are you going to impact the world if you're out there? And, and I, I probably agree with you, but let's not just take that and discount all of them and everything they ever learned during that time and go, wow, that's pretty, that's pretty insane. If I told you right now, hey, um, we already got everything set up for you, and we're going to send you out to the desert for a week by yourself. We'll have the water there, a little bit of bread. Um, we just want you to be in silence for a week. 
with no connection to anyone. I mean, just think this through. Okay, you're leaving here, you're going to the desert. You guys even have deserts? I, I, don't, I don't know the topography here. You know, you go to America, there's deserts there. And, uh, to, I mean, the U.S. And, um, <laughs> and uh, you're going to a desert just to be in total silence for a week. What goes through your mind right now? Do you just go, that would be awesome. Are you kidding me? Just me and Jesus alone? For a whole week, I, won't, I don't talk to anyone? No phone, no, I mean, is it this longing in your heart or is it this, ooh, a whole week? That sounds good for an hour, two hours, three hours, maybe half a day. You know, is there's a side of you that goes, I, I don't want to do that. And think about the people in your congregations. Do you, you know, do they look at that? I mean, someone would just think that's the worst thing you could do to me. Why? Because where's our affection? Loving the Lord with all of our heart, all our soul, all our mind. Because if I said that, hey, you're going to go away with your spouse for a week, just the two of you, to some island or whatever, and you'd look forward to that, or maybe, or, uh, <laughs> you know, whoever, and I just, I just go, God, I, do we even love you? You know, my friend in India, my mentor, he just... He, I don't know this meant to be repeated and he didn't mean it in a judgmental way because he, he was crying when he said it. He goes, sometimes I meet the leaders in your country, like Christian leaders, pastors, and I, I walk away and go, oh Lord, I wish he knew you. Because that's not what we're after anymore. You know, I mean, we, we just got so many other goals and I, I, I know when I started my church, I, I had the dreams of the big thing. And those who don't know my story, you know, I was married for like a week or two and just told my wife, I think I'm supposed to start a church. We've never talked about this. This is weird, but I just want to get some friends in the house and see what happens. And I just want the real thing. And before we knew it, it started to grow. It grew to thousands of people started planting other churches, started Bible college, started speaking everywhere. And then again, you know, five years ago, uh, I don't think this was it. I just kind of went with the flow. And, and people told me, yeah, you need a children's director, you need a worship leader, you need this, you need this, you need this, you need a room, you need all these things. And I go, I didn't really stick with the scriptures and just go, God, what are you calling me to? And I, I think the Lord's, and wonderful things happen, but I think the Lord's leading us to something else. And, um, 
And five years ago, um, just started all over. Three years ago, started another church in San Francisco. And again, out of my house, I go, but this time it's not going to be centered around me. It's not going to be about me. It's going to be about multiplying leaders. It's going to be about discipleship. And I told that that little group of 20 in my house, I go, look, I'm not going to be the pastor, your pastor for the rest of your life. Just like I don't want my kids living in the house for the rest of their lives. I want to train them and then get, let them start their own families. So six months to a year tops, Will I be your pastor? And then I'll be dividing this. I'll be discipling. And, and there will be two guys will take half of you and two will take the other half. And we're going to have two churches. And we'll just keep doing that. And then nine months later, we split into four churches. And then nine months later, we split into eight churches. And that's where we're at right now. We've got these 16 lay pastors. And it's like, okay, let's, 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 let's make this happen. Let's just keep going, keep going. It's all lay-led, no, no salaries, no buildings. And it's just... It's just this little group of people and the, the focus, the main thing is, is just trying to keep them focused on knowing Jesus. I want you to know Jesus. I want you to be known as people who know God as leaders. And I go, gosh, if I ever stray from this, because I know I will, because we'll get into to deeper, deeper things and, and, and we'll want the, the crowds, we'll want the name. There's just so many things that will grab our affections. But um, let's try to stick with this. Let's try to stick with this understanding of my joy is being known as a child of God. And uh, let's be a family together. Let's get all of our people out sharing the gospel. And I'm telling you, I just, I have so much peace right now. Um, and that's why some of you may be in a smaller gathering and discouraged. And I'm just saying, gosh, I had the thousands and there just wasn't a peace when I got there. And now I'm seeing the body of Christ, you know, and, 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 you know, from what I see in scripture where they're loving one another and they're all out sharing the gospel with other people and they're spending time alone in the word and not just depending on me bringing it to them. And so it's been a beautiful thing. And, and so I, I didn't want some of you thinking, oh, okay, if I don't have this giant thing going, it's like, no, you can have so much peace and intimacy with God. Just, it's all about discipleship and multiplying leaders. I love my church probably more than I've loved any church. Um, and this is probably the smallest church I've pastored in 20 years. Um, but I, I believe they're a light to their community. And I believe we're filling it up with people who are falling in love with Jesus. And I think it's going to spread. I think it'll multiply in time. But even regardless... It's, it's really, it's just good. I've been kind of stalling till 10.02. It's 10.02. I've been watching the clock. 10.02, um, I don't know if everyone knows about this. Uh, and then I'll get back into my lesson. Um, 10.02, all throughout Canada and now in all other parts of the world, people are praying Luke 10.2 where he said to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Let's just join people around the world right now and every day at 10.02. Father, we are asking you to send forth laborers. God, we are not asking to just send people to us and make our churches bigger and bigger and bigger. 
We're asking you to send forth laborers. Help us to equip and send laborers out. Only you can do this. So we join with our brothers and sisters around the world asking for the same thing. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn to Colossians 3 with me. Um, this is a, you know, there's certain, there's certain sins that, you know, we kind of elevate and other ones that we just think are no big deal. And I was getting on the airplane with a friend of mine. You know, I'd already flown to the East Coast and then now we were going to jump on that 14-hour flight to India. And uh, you know how you, you walk past the first class and, and how miserable that walk is? Um, going back to your seat and I'm walking by going, oh, I hate this part. I'm telling my friend, this is just, oh, could you imagine like you could just be laying down the whole time while they feed you ice cream, you know, but no, you're going back to coach. And as I'm going back and I said those words and they came out of my mouth, I go, that's coveting, isn't it? I thought, wow, I just coveted. We think it's no big deal. I mean, that's one of the 10, right? But it's not one that anyone ever takes seriously. It's not like murder. It's just covet. It's even a cute sounding word, covet. You know, it's just, it's, it's just not a big deal. But it's like, no, I, I just, I caught myself going, God, I want that seat. I'm thinking about that seat more than I'm thinking about you. I'm not thinking about all the riches I have in Christ and the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I want that, you know? And realizing, wow, I, I, I seriously got to my seat. And I was just saying, Lord, how did we get there to where this isn't really a sin anymore? It's just widely accepted. Something that you hate so much and I'm just cool with it. I am so, so sorry. And the flight attendant comes and says, hey, Mr. Chan, you've been upgraded. I'm like, no way. Wow, I learned my lesson and I got first class. This is like, that was awesome, okay. Um, but anyways, uh, this passage, Colossians 3, it just, so once I got to first class, this is the passage that came to me. I seriously was studying this as I'm laying flat and eating my ice cream. Um, Colossians 3, verse 1. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. It's like, wow. Covetousness, which is idolatry? I mean, right when you get to India, I mean, there's statues everywhere. So this giant, I mean, really larger than this place. I mean, it was higher than the ceiling, this giant monkey. 
You know, that the people are coming up and worshiping, and I'm thinking, but what is God saying? This covetousness, which is idolatry, and this whole passage goes together because he's saying, if you've been raised with Christ, then seek the things that are above where Christ is. Like, pursue that. Pursue things you can't see. Who does this? What pastor, shepherd does this? Just seeks things that are above. Like, oh God, I just want to leave the earth right now. And I want all my heart, all of my affections to be up there, you know, next to your throne. You know, like in Psalm 73 where he says, man, when I try to understand everything, it was oppressive to me until I entered the sanctuary of God. And then he just entered, you know, at the end he's like, gosh, heaven has nothing I desire but you. On earth there's nothing I want except for you. Like, this is so good. I'm just seeking you seeking you seeking you seek the things that are above I mean this isn't a suggestion these are commands here just like the command to rejoice always in the Lord seek the things that are above see that's why he's saying set your mind on things that are above every time we covet what are we doing We're focused on something of this earth. We're wanting this. I'm seeking this. I desire this. He goes, man, that's idolatry. No, no. Seek the things that are above. Seek me. Set your mind, minds on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. For you've died. Your life is hidden with Christ and God. You know, one of the things I respect about my dad is uh, if a good-looking girl walks by, he doesn't even flinch. When rich people are around, famous people, it doesn't affect him at all. You know why? Because he's dead. He died when I was 12. Um, I know it's morbid. Okay, but that... I know, that's gross. (laughs) But seriously, you go, ah, nothing, nothing. But that image, I want that image in your head because that's the way God wants us to be about things of the world. Where it's like, I don't even flinch. See, every advertisement, every commercial, every billboard has one goal, make you covet. And the Bible says, you died. You're a dead man. I'm going, God, this is what I want to be. I want to be this way to the things of the earth. Big deal. Oh, good, you're a billionaire. Awesome. I really don't care. Wow. Plastic surgery. Good job. (laughs) Like just dead. Why? Because I, I, can't, I don't even want to deal with that stuff, man. I'm in the presence of God. I'm in his throne room, seeking the things that are above. And my life is hidden in Christ. Like, like everything, every ounce of my affection is, oh, I'm in here with you, Jesus. I'm abiding in you. That's why these things, I don't care if I'm famous. I don't care if I write another book. I don't care if all you It's just like, oh, Christ, I'm with you. I'm with Jesus. I'm with the Father, I can't believe you call me your son. Like just seeking, seeking further intimacy and being dead to the things of this world. He says, then when Christ, who is your life, Jesus, you knew you were my life. I wasn't longing for anything else, just you. 
when Christ who is your life appears and when Jesus returns, he'll know. He'll know who in there. It's not like we're going to fake anything. He knows those of us whose lives were hidden in him. And he knows if I'm up here just blowing smoke and pretending, oh, he's falling in love with Jesus, or, or if I'm really doing it. I mean, most of us are communicators, so we're able to communicate anything we want, truth or lies. Your reputation means nothing because we know how to communicate. But we come in the presence of God and he knows if our life was hidden in Christ, if we've been seeking the things above, if we can only just say, wow, you're my shepherd. I don't want any of this stuff. I'm dead to this stuff. I don't care about that car. I don't care about that house. I don't care about that retirement. I care about that girl. I don't covet this stuff. Man, I've got you. I love you with all my heart, all my soul, all my mind. And I, I don't want to be known as a great speaker or author or mega church pastor. I want to be known as a person who's just in love with you, who knows you. And every time I, I walk around, they just know I'm not alone. I'm with you. Seeking the things above. Everything else is death. So put to death, therefore, what's earthly in you. Sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. God is serious about the covetousness in our hearts. I just want to empty us of that and be men and women that just love being in his presence and adore him. And I will say, I, I, I keep getting screwed up because ministry so much isn't about knowing Jesus and people want to make it about everything else. And yet you read this history book and you go man it was always about knowing him and I'm not going to listen to it anymore you know as we were singing that song on Christ the solid rock I stand all other ground is sinking sand all the ministry fads are going to come and go it's those of us who know Christ that walk with him that are filled with the fullness of God those are the ones that are going to last and at the end of our lives Man, it could be that there are people here that he says, look, depart from me. I never knew you. <laughs> what do you mean you never knew me? I'm a church planter. Multi-site. <laughs> you know? I mean, you never knew me. Did you read Crazy Love? Did you, did, you know... <laughs> Isn't that what it says in the end? People say, wait, but no, I cast out demons in your name. I did this, I did this. I, I never knew you. Man, that's what I care about, you guys. Okay, just, just, just forget any of us are pastors or leaders or aspiring for anything. We're all gonna stand before God and I just wanna know that you're known by him. Like that intimacy is there. Man, drop everything else if that's not there. We have to be men and women who know him. That's why that, that, that night I woke up in a panic. It's like, wow, have I, me? If I got caught up in so many things that I don't even feel close to, well, I'll get rid of whatever. 
I'll throw the phone in the trash if it means that that's what's going to separate me from you. Now I, now I can understand the heart of those desert fathers and mothers. It's like, ah, I'm getting bombarded with all of this stuff. I can't do it. I've got to know you. If there's one thing about me that's true about me, it must be that I know you, you know me, and I abide in you. And the rest will take care of everything. You know, I prayed something that night when I woke up. I just told him, God, I, I have to love you more. I have to. I don't even know how to get there. And that's when the ideas started popping up. Get rid of this. Get rid of this. Do this. Set apart this time. This is okay, 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 okay. I mean, it's like I needed help. And maybe some of us just need to pray that prayer right now as we close. It's just saying, God, I don't even know where to start. Can we just bow our heads right now? Just think about God in all of his glory. Set your mind on things above. Forget about everything else and everyone else. Forget about this conference. Just you in the presence of God. Just pray a simple prayer. God, show me how to get close to you. Father, I pray for myself and my brothers and sisters in this room. God, that we would covet nothing of this earth. And that all of our affection would go to you. Where we love you. God, with all, 100%, 100% of our hearts. Our souls, our minds, our whole beings. That we're just seeking you above, rejoicing in you. the one thing we ask for Lord that we would just dwell in your presence be hidden in Christ abiding in him and we'll just trust you for the fruit but Lord we want to be known as lovers of you to be known for knowing you Help us, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray.